Hello, 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 everyone. This is Thinking to Think, the critical thinking podcast where we analyze topics such as civics, history, culture, philosophy, politics, and current events through a critical thinker's lens. I am your host, the social studies educator, Michael Antonio Aponte, also known as Mr. A. Every Sunday, we will have a new episode within these topics, as well as occasional special guests and recorded lectures with my students. So please subscribe, share, listen, and let's build a critical thinking society together. Marcus Garvey once said, a people without the knowledge of their past, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. Today's episode, I want to talk about general history, the lifeblood of societies, Now, common history unites a group of people to form civil societies. Therefore, it's it almost feels like a crime when it's changed due to perspectives or special interests. History in America has changed so much that is unrecognizable from what it was 100 years ago. You would not imagine that our history books used to have Hispanics and black heroes of the past. However, when you have someone that is declared credible and praised, almost like a king, nothing can stop them from changing history if they choose to. And no one in American history was more notorious for using this than former President Woodrow Wilson. Wilson was an academic who held a PhD in political science, was the president of Princeton University, had a passion for history, won a Nobel Peace Prize, and was also a known white supremacist. However, many organizations that would be considered very credible would put Wilson as one of the greatest presidents in history. So let us use critical thinking methods and historical data as a way to use this as a case study to understand the effects of Wilson's history books that eventually leads to the problems we face even today. And our best place to start is the beginning. We need to observe Wilson's youth and the political climate of that time because your experience in your youth, in your life, eventually will affect your moral values. Prior to becoming president of the United States, Thomas Woodrow Wilson, referred to his friends by, uh, as Tommy, was a son of a preacher who supported the Confederates during the Civil War. Wilson grew up as a sympathizer because because of it. And I have to say, but, but history will also suggest he hated war. How can the two contradict? Well, it can be as simple as someone supporting a cause, but not the violence. Or it can be a simple change in rhetoric to make you look sympathetic. Nevertheless, history is written by the victors, and it was said in our history, currently, that Woodrow's father, 
Joseph Ruggles Wilson, used his church as a triage for wounded Confederates. So maybe the violence was a bit too much. But I, I digress. The drive... Now, we're looking at the time frame now and the events, the political events. The drive to reunite the country during the end of the Civil War was so high that the Republicans, which was originally created as the anti-slavery party, compromised to bring the Democratic, uh, excuse me, the Democrats back to the into the fold. Moreover, Abraham Lincoln chose Democrats. He had two different vice presidents and and both his terms chose Democrats as his vice president to show the country he was trying to reunite the union. And I must elaborate with this side note, Lincoln, regardless of what you may have heard from propaganda or false historians, especially the ones that state a truth, quote unquote truth, without the facts or ability to give primary sources to support that truth, did not like slavery, never owned slaves, and wanted equality for all. Furthermore, the Civil War was foremost about slavery. To prove my point in the... Declaration of the immediate causes which induce and justify the cession of South Carolina from the Federal Union. This is the official document stating they're separating from the Union. In South Carolina, they mentioned the word slave 18 times. Georgia's declaration mentioned the term slave 35 times. Mississippi's declaration mentioned the term slave seven times. Texas Declaration mentioned the term slave 22 times. Virginia, although a holding uh, a slaveholding state, mentioned the term slave once. Now, you can see these copies of these documents online, uh, the Congressional Library, which totally debunks the truth. People who want to spread anger and hate will tell you or try to convince you. And the reason I point this side note out is because Lincoln's assassination, after, excuse me, upon Lincoln's assassination, Democrat vice president by the name of Andrew Johnson assumed the presidency. Remember, Johnson was also sympathized to the South. He was a Democrat. And this complicated the progress for our country who, like Lincoln, wanted equal rights and opportunities for all Americans. Now, Johnson took office after Lincoln's untimely death, which halted much of the progress. Republicans, now the majority of Congress, were the only group that can hold off the executive branch. But only so much can be done within Congress without the support of the executive branch and vice versa. And I have to add, this is the perfect example of separation of powers and checks and balances within the United States. Johnson maintained his anti-abolitionist stance and gave enough power back to the Democrats prior to his leave of office. Now, former slave owners from the South were able to not only begin enforcing terrible local laws, which we now know as Jim Crow laws, but were able to create a domestic terrorist organization known as the Ku Klux Klan. 
KKK. The intent of the KKK was to militarily support the Democratic Party and subdue through fear or kill blacks and known Southern Republicans. This power grab of the KKK began with the rise of the former slaves becoming an educated rapid force in politics and economics. Now, I want you to imagine this. Close your eyes and think about this. One day, you're a a slave. You're getting beaten, forced to do extreme manual labor. And the next day, you can go where you please because you are free. And imagine the idea you can choose your next president and local representative thanks to the 13th Amendment. This was a big issue for the KKK. During election time, the KKK would stand by with weapons on hand at the voting offices and make sure blacks or known Republicans did not vote. Furthermore, if they knew you were Republican, regardless of race, you would be forced off the line or killed. This use of voter suppression slowly gave back congressional power to the Democratic Party after the Civil War. But this time had to face, thanks to the Electoral College, Republican President Grant a former Union general who fought back the KKK with federal laws, the military, and mass arrests. However, separation of powers goes both ways. And Grant can only do so much as president, especially when the House of Representatives majority were Democrats. And during the next election, blacks and Southern Republicans began carrying guns to make sure they had an opportunity to vote. And this eventually leads to Democrats opposing guns, gun rights that we see today. Now that you understand the context of political ideologies and the politics of that time, we can look at Woodrow Wilson. President Wilson was also known as our academic president. Remember, he was a professor and was president of Princeton University. Prior to his election, he wrote a series of history books, which became the standard of for history education. The problem with his books, he intentionally removed almost all blacks and Hispanics while creating a supremacy of the white race. Drawings of people of color within the textbooks looked as if they were cartoons of monkeys in clothing. History books prior to Wilson included some of these names that I'm about to mention and their accomplishments. And it's not every, and the list doesn't include everyone. So I, I, I don't have it. You know, honestly, the the episode would be too long for me to mention. But here's here's a few. Lemuel Haynes, the first African minister 
African-American minister, excuse me, ordained in the United States and a veteran of the Revolutionary Army. Richard Allen, a former slave who was given the opportunity to buy his freedom after the slave owner converted to Methodist, opened up the first independent black church in 1794 and worked to upgrade the social status of the black community, organizing Sabbath schools to teach literacy and promoting national organizations to develop political strategies. Then Absalom Jones, Absalom Jones, I could be uh, saying his first name wrong, but he created the Free uh, African Society. The Free African Society, the anti-slavery movement organization with Richard Allen. Crispus Attux, uh, a Native American and African, so he was mixed, who was the first person killed in the American Revolution during the Boston Massacre. Admiral David Faragou a Hispanic admiral in the United States Navy during the Civil War and was considered by General Grant as his right-hand man. Then we have Wentworth Cheswell, who was an African-American who was a patriot during the American Revolution, so he was a a veteran, elected as an American assessor, then an auditor, and then Justice of the Peace in New Hampshire in the beginning of 1768. Not many people know that at 1768, we already had an elected Justice of the Peace that was black. Then we have Bass Reeves. He was a former slave that was not only the first African-American U.S. Marshal, but was credited with over 3,000 felony arrests and 14 justified self-defense shootings. Until this very day, most most police officers will have under 1,000 arrests in their entire career and not all of them will be felonies. And what is also disconcerting to me is the fact that because of this academic change, most Americans today never knew that that after the American Revolution, there were already black leading organizations that were abolitionists called Free African Society and people of color who were honored by all. Famous Quaker Christians who were vital to the abolition of slavery and education of blacks were also removed from the history books. Between President Grant and President Teddy Roosevelt, the KKK were diminishing and the black communities held wealth in the society until the election of the academic president. If this change in history books wasn't enough, he reignited the Ku Klux Klan by airing the first film in the White House, The Birth of a Nation, which was a KKK propaganda film. He publicly praised it, stating, and I quote, It's like writing history with lightning. My only regret is that it is all so terribly true. 
the creator of the film, credited Wilson's history books for the inspiration. The North and the South slowly began to use different forms of Jim Crow during his administration, which eventually leads to the civil rights movement in the 60s. However, because of the president, because of President Wilson's education, his charm, and his use of rhetoric, he was highly regarded and praised. He helped establish the rights of women to vote, began the first military occupation in Haiti, and helped create the League of Nations, which eventually which eventually became the United Nations after World War II. So, now we have to ask these questions. Did he want women's right to vote to suppress the black vote? Why change history? And how did he convince a nation to do the same? Now, I don't have an answer for the first one. That I believe that's up to your perspective and your opinion. But common history unites a group into societies. For example, in ancient Greece, the philosophers would gather together to speak and pass knowledge of the past and theories of the future while criticizing the present. Native tribes did very similar things in America. In the Americas, excuse me. So how can two groups of people do similar things but have an ocean divide them? Well, in my opinion, it's a natural humanistic thing to do. However, once you control and change history, you gain the power to manipulate a group. Wilson was highly regarded as an academic and as the president of Princeton had influence. He convinced academia to teach a new way of history. These professors teach the students who become future leaders and educators. Do you see where this is going? Can you see the chain of events occurring? With a small group in key positions, you can raise a certain group up or set them up for failure. Nazi Germany, an alt-right organization that brought Europe to its knees, burned books while the far-left Soviet Union, who almost destroyed the world with nuclear war, collected books by force, which was called a Spetskran. Both modified history through propaganda and influence. They understood, despite having complete polar opposite points of view, if you can control knowledge and you control the narrative, you can control the masses of and their moral values. Could you imagine if we did not just highlight victims, but taught our children the heroes of our nation from the beginning, who not only represented different races, but shared the same moral values? This is why we as a society must protect history. And I say the good, the bad and the ugly and share information with each other as much as possible. Now, I end this episode with these two questions for you to reflect on. 
Wilson believed in women's equal rights and also believed people of color were inferior. He changed a common history that different races in America shared and yet helped end World War I. And based on this knowledge, what is your personal evaluation of President Wilson? And if we remove historical figures that have done things we find unethical or immoral, how can we learn from unethical actions from the past? Thanks for listening to Thinking to Think with Mr. A. If you like our show and want to know more, check out my website in the description or please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, whichever platform you heard this episode. Please do not forget to share and spread the word. Join us next week where we will continue the fight to build a critical thinking society. Thank you and have a beautiful week.